Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory. But boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Nature's deadliest organisms. I think there may be something alive in this island. They hijack our bodies. She started talking about demons that were coming to get her. Disable our immune systems. They said you need to leave. Lacey's dying. And eat us from within. I couldn't help but wonder, how do you get something this big into you? For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Paul and Sarah Wagoda live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sarah and I actually met at Pan Am Flight Attendant Training down in Miami. Fell in love, got married a year after dating, and been together for 26 years. Paul is very easygoing, free-spirited. I'm more of a planner, more of the worrisome type person. So we definitely play off of each other really well. Sarah works as a bank loan specialist, and Paul delivers food products to local grocery stores. It entails on getting orders from customers, delivering it, setting up displays, putting product away. What I like most about the job is that a lot of my customers are a lot of fun to be around. But this delivery man's happy-go-lucky life is about to crumble in the blink of an eye. It's a warm August morning. Paul is in the bathroom getting ready for work. I was looking in the mirror. And in my left eye, there was redness and a little bit of swelling in there. Like, I might have had something up in my eye. Could have been an eyelash. I don't know what it was. I just figured, well, it'll probably go away. So I went to work. 
That day, despite some minor irritation, Paul completes his food deliveries as usual. But the next morning, as he and Sarah are having coffee, she notices the inflammation. In the corner of my eye here, it was starting to protrude out, and it was turning redder and getting larger. Really didn't think that much of it. But while Paul shrugs his symptoms off, Sarah is more concerned. I thought maybe he had pink eye or, or something. And it was important that he should go see a doctor just because he drives for a living. Later that week, Paul takes Sarah's advice and sees his primary care physician. They told me that what I had was cellulitis. Cellulitis is a common skin infection often caused by the streptococcus bacteria. If not treated properly, it can rapidly spread and cause serious tissue damage. I figure, okay, fine. Finally got the determination, right? It's going to go away and life's going to return to normal. For several days, Paul takes the antibiotic and his eye appears to be improving. But then one afternoon, while getting out of his delivery truck, Paul checks himself in the rearview mirror and is horrified by what he sees. His eye is worse than ever. It had covered all the way across my entire eyelid. It was very large. I could feel pussy on the inside. There was some kind of a discharge that was coming out. I'd never seen anything that looked like that before. Despite his eye's grotesque appearance, Paul decides to finish his deliveries. I'm very serious about getting work done, getting things done, and taking care of business. And I don't want my customers to think that there's something contagious with me. So I decided I was going to wear sunglasses. With his eye hidden behind dark lenses, Paul makes it through the workday, then heads to the emergency room. Paul is eventually diagnosed with a far more severe case of cellulitis than initially thought and given a powerful dose of IV antibiotics. It was very scary because you're in the hospital and you have all these tests done on you, you're hooked up to IVs. Paul spends that night in the hospital and by the next morning, his eye appears much improved. I'm thinking, okay, they're on the right course of action. The swelling's going down. With his eyes seemingly on the mend, Paul is discharged from the hospital. I was feeling really excited that, okay, we finally have licked this thing. It's, it's going to get better. For five days, he regularly applies a warm compress to his eye, hoping it will speed the healing process. But gradually, his symptoms return. I started noticing that it was swelling a little bit more. It felt like there was some kind of a, a mass or something right up in the corner of my eye. Then, at the end of the week, Paul's in his kitchen when things come to a head. All of a sudden, I just started getting this severe shooting pain right through the corner of my eye. I felt like something was moving around in there. I'd never felt pain like that before. There was a lot of discharge coming out of my eye. You could see, and some blood was in it too. And now I'm just, what is going on now? Am I gonna go blind? I was very concerned that I'm not gonna be able to perform my job anymore. 
this could affect, you know, my entire future. Once again, Paul goes in for a checkup. This time, he sees eye specialist, Dr. David Berger. When I first looked at the area of inflammation, I was concerned that this was very unusual and we needed to investigate a little bit more. Dr. Berger uses a special microscope to closely examine Paul's eye. Puts me in the little machine where you put your chin in there. And as he's looking, he goes, hmm. There was a little tiny hole in the center portion of the largest area of swelling. I was uh, prodding it a little bit with a Q-tip to see what kind of discharge or, or blood would come out. I actually saw some movement in the hole in the eyelid. Dr. Berger said, Sarah, come here, I want you to take a look at this. So now I'm thinking, why does he want her to see it first? So I go and I look. And it was like two little black dots that kept going in and out, in and out of his eyelid. I didn't want to freak out because I didn't want to freak Paul out. So, you know, I like backed up from the chair and Paul's like, what, what? Now I'm freaked out. I continued to look under the microscope and all of a sudden a small gelatinous figure filled the hole. I was uh, all of a sudden thinking to myself, I think there may be something alive in this eyelid. For weeks, Paul Wagoda has been suffering from painful symptoms around his eyelid. But what he thought was a simple skin infection might actually be far more disturbing. Dr. Berger said, I don't know what it is, but it's living. At this point, I think I went numb. I was just stunned that there's a creature inside of me. I was concerned that this could potentially jeopardize his vision, so we needed to get it out right away. Dr. Berger rushes Paul into surgery. But once inside the operating room, Paul decides he only wants a local anesthetic. Didn't mind being awake for it because I really wanted to know what it was. Once Paul is fully prepped, Dr. Berger begins the operation. I used a scalpel blade to open the area. At this point, I could feel something in there moved. Something was coming out of my eye. As soon as the scalpel made the incision, out popped a worm. That was approximately one and a half inches long. It was round and it was gelatinous and it had several tentacles coming out of the head. The worm was moving, it was still alive. Now, I'm concerned about what's really going on. You start getting you know, these thoughts in your head of what really is this, you know? After a consultation uh, with a biologist, we determined Paul had a warble fly larva in his eyelid. Warble flies are a family of winged insects found in the United States and known for inserting their larvae into the flesh of mammals. Inside Paul's eyelid, the warble fly maggot burrows into his skin and grows in size, causing extreme swelling and stabbing pains. One of the most fascinating things about warblefly larvae is that they can affect more than just the skin. Some are able to survive deep inside the body for nearly a year while they find the perfect place to nest 
and grow. It's even possible for the larvae to end up in the brain, where they can damage cerebral tissue, causing paralysis and even death. But how did the larvae get into Paul's eyelid in the first place? Different types of warble fly infest their host differently. Some plant their eggs in an open wound. Others leave eggs on bushes where they can be transferred to a host as it brushes past. The eggs then hatch into larvae, which enter the body through a hair follicle or make their way into the mouth or nose. And Paul thinks he knows how he became an unwitting host. I came to the determination I had some kind of a food product on my hand and I had scratched my eye somehow. And this warble just grew out of that. Today, Paul's eye is back to normal. And he and Sarah have been able to draw valuable lessons from the harrowing ordeal. I bought him Clorox wipes. He now wears gloves everywhere he goes if he's at work. And I'm always wiping down our countertops all the time now. Paul has even been able to laugh about the incident. I've had so much fun with this story. Matter of fact, we called him my little alien. So anytime I refer to it now, I talk about my alien in my eye. Worldwide, there are about a dozen fly species whose larvae infest human skin. To avoid becoming a host, scientists recommend wearing a DEET-based insect repellent and shielding indoor areas with window screens and mosquito nets. Some monsters, like the warble fly, can be shooed away. But others are impossible to avoid. Left behind closed doors when they told me that my daughter was dying. Atlanta, Georgia is home to Heather Hunt. I would like to think of myself as very outgoing. I always try to treat people the way that I want to be treated. Heather is a single mother to five children, including her oldest daughter, Lacey. Lacey, she is a very sweet girl, um, very loving, very caring. She loves to sing, loves to play soccer, and hang out with her friends, and is just very outgoing. Heather and her family are close with her sister, Hannah. Children have kind of grown up together. They love to spend time with each other and hang out. My family's my life. I'm truly blessed to have each and every one of them. But a hidden horror is about to bring this family's life to a grinding halt. It's a beautiful Sunday in September. Heather and her children have just returned from vacation. As the family unpacks the car, Heather notices that Lacey is not as energetic as usual. She started complaining of just having a runny nose, and I could tell that she was kind of sniffling and had some congestion going on. I thought she had a cold. Just kind of, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Heather sends Lacey inside to rest. For the next few days, she keeps a close eye on her daughter. But then, one evening, as Heather is getting ready for bed, she notices Lacey rushing to the bathroom. Lacey became very nauseated. I was right in there with her, holding her hair back, just trying to make sure that, you know, she was okay. I thought she had the flu. I didn't feel that it was an emergency situation. The next day, Heather goes to work as usual. 
But by the time she comes home, Lacey's condition has gotten worse. Her daughter is still nauseous, but now seems strangely lethargic. She did not feel very well. She was feverish, and she was just very fatigued, very, very tired. But there's another symptom that concerns Heather. Lacey was complaining of not being able to move her right arm. So I was asking her to do certain things that would involve her moving her right arm, and she was not able to do so. But I thought, what, what's going on? This is, this is really weird. Heather decides it's time for Lacey to see a doctor. But as she tries to help her daughter off the couch, mild concern quickly turns to panic. She was saying that her head felt heavy and that she was having difficulty, you know, holding her head up. That's when I realized that something's not right. You know, that there was something going on. Lacey Smith is suffering from sudden weakness in her right arm and neck. Now her mother Heather rushes her to the emergency room. At the hospital, Lacey is taken to the intensive care unit where she continues to lose muscle function. Lacey was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And to Heather's horror, just minutes after arriving, much of Lacey's body is paralyzed. I was getting more and more alarmed because her symptoms were, was progressing so fast. Doctors work to slow the spread of Lacey's paralysis. But as they do, they notice something unnerving. She is now short of breath. Concerned that Lacey is struggling for air, they administer a special test for her lungs. It had a tube that she had to breathe into. And the first two times of her doing it, Lacey didn't even register on the machine. Doctors fear it's a sign that whatever is crippling Lacey has now reached her diaphragm. And they said, you need to leave. Lacey's dying. We've got to get her stabilized. So, but I did not want to leave. But they were ushering me out the door. And um, basically, you know, I was left behind closed doors when they told me that my daughter was dying. For the next few hours, Heather faces an agonizing wait for any news of her daughter's condition. And when she's finally allowed back into the room, she's not prepared for what she sees. I just, I burst into tears. They had put Lacey in a medically induced coma. There was this big machine next to my daughter and you know, tubes going down her throat. And she just looked white, lifeless. And I walked in and I, um, I grabbed her hand and I said, Lacey, honey, mommy's here. And uh, she didn't respond. By now, Heather's sister Hannah has arrived at the hospital. It's her, her daughter who was fine, you know, yesterday. No problems. And now, you know, she's on a ventilator. You know, it's, it was very traumatic for her. Doctors are mystified by what could have triggered Lacey's sudden paralysis. Since muscle function is controlled by the brain, they start by performing an MRI on her head and spinal column. The results reveal an unexpected abnormality in Lacey's brain. 
They proceeded to pull up my daughter's imaging. I knew something was seriously wrong. Lacey's MRI shows inflammation in her brain. This type of swelling can happen for a variety of reasons, from viral infections to parasitic infestations. But Lacey's scan reveals a telltale sign. And uh, you could see that there was a white substance on the lower hemisphere of her brain. And there was a very bright white line going all the way down the middle of her spinal cord. The doctor explained to us that that white substance was infection and inflammation. Doctors believe this is most likely a viral infection, and it's triggering a rare condition called acute flaccid myelitis, or AFM. AFM affects the central nervous system, specifically the spinal cord, and can cause the muscles in the body to malfunction. It's a very rapidly progressing um, disease that basically paralyzes children, you know, from the inside out. In Lacey's case, doctors believe the culprit is one of nature's most common pathogens. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Lacey was diagnosed with 
acute flaccid mellitus caused by a strain of the enterovirus. There are more than a hundred different strains of enterovirus, but the one most associated with AFM is the little-known enterovirus D68. Enterovirus D68 is known for causing cold-like symptoms and usually infects the respiratory system. But inside Lacey, the virus is attacking her central nervous system, causing paralysis. Dr. Dale Lang has done extensive studies on enterovirus D68 and has a theory about why it sometimes causes AFM. Very few viruses can penetrate the central nervous system, but enterovirus D68 has the unique ability to not only get into the central nervous system, but actually penetrate and take over the cells that control movement. The scary thing about enterovirus is that it's actually one of the most common viruses in the world. In fact, anyone who's been to a daycare or a school in the fall has probably been exposed to it. But like any virus, there are different strains. Some of them are worse than others. Enterovirus D68 is one of the most dangerous. Once it finds a vulnerable host, it can quickly become deadly. As Heather and Hannah try to cope with Lacey's diagnosis, doctors give them more bad news. There's no cure for enterovirus D68. All they can do is treat the symptoms. And they said, if you're a praying family, I would recommend that you do that because there's not anything we can do. And that was very hard to take. They didn't know if it was going to get worse or if it was going to get better. Um, we basically didn't have any options except for time. I was devastated. A deadly viral infection has left Lacey Smith in a coma. Even worse, doctors have no cure. They explain that the best hope to save Lacey is to reduce the inflammation in her brain and spine caused by the infection. So one way to approach a patient who has spinal cord swelling is to give them a very large dose of steroids because steroids reduce the swelling in any tissue. Lacey is given several courses of intravenous steroids. But while the therapy can alleviate swelling in her central nervous system, it can't reverse any of the life-threatening damage caused by the virus. So to see how badly Lacey has been affected, doctors slowly bring her out of the coma. Their goal was to kind of assess where Lacey was cognitively and to see um, if any of her functions had returned. Heather anxiously watches her daughter for any signs of life. I said, I just need everybody to pray. I don't know what's happening, but you know, I, I can't lose my little girl. After nearly two weeks of being in a coma, Lacey opens her eyes. I explained to her, you know, hey, honey, you're really sick and you're in the hospital, but you're going to be okay and mommy's here and I'm not going anywhere. Over the next seven months, 
Lacey slowly relearns to talk, move her arms, and breathe on her own. It's been a very long road, but she is still working very hard. Today, Lacey is home with her family, but is still dealing with residual weakness in her right arm and diaphragm. I know I'm going to get better one day. I want to be an actor, model, or a singer. So I'm just going to keep on thinking on the positive side. I hope that Lacey is able to do what she wants in life and she's not held back from any residual issues that she might have. Throughout this entire journey, you know, Lacey has not once faltered. I saw a strength, you know, arise in her that I'd never seen before. She's my hero. There's no vaccine against enterovirus D68, and it's resistant to alcohol-based hand sanitizers. So, to avoid infection, the CDC recommends staying away from sick people, washing hands with soap and warm water, and cleaning frequently touched surfaces with a hospital-grade disinfectant. While some monsters hide all around us, others lurk deep inside our own bodies, waiting to strike. I'm scared to death, and I just don't know what's going on. Mattoon, Illinois, is a small community in the central part of the state. It's home to Kira Hartley and her fiancé, Brock Runner. There's not really anything I don't love about her. We work together really well. We love playing Guitar Hero, going to concerts, and watching wrestling. The couple also enjoys spending time with Kira's mom, Tanya. We can talk to each other just about anything. And we like to spend time together and do things together as a family. But this close family bond is about to be shattered by a horrifying intruder. One warm summer night, Brock and Kira are eating together when the evening takes a bizarre turn. We were having hamburgers, and she had started telling me that the food tasted funny. It tasted metallic, like it had iron in it. She had me try a piece of it, and I thought it tasted okay. She just kind of shrugged it off. But over the next few days, Kira continues to notice more strange tastes. I love eating pickles, and even pickles tasted weird to me. Instead of tasting sour, they would taste sweet. Then one evening, Brock wakes to find Kira with an exhausting new symptom. That whole night, she was just tossing and turning. She took a couple over-the-counter sleep aids from the store. She still could not get any sleep. She was up all night that night. It was very concerning that I couldn't sleep a lot. I'm usually an all-night sleeper. For the next 24 hours, Kira struggles with insomnia. And Brock tries to help her in any way he can. She wasn't able to get any sleep. So she's like, maybe I'll just take a shower. Maybe it'll kind of help me relax. But seconds later, Brock hears a cry. And when he goes to investigate, 
He finds Kira on the verge of passing out. Her face looked very pale. And her eyes kind of glazed over and kind of rolled. I had to catch her and sit her down. I didn't know what was happening to her. It was terrifying. Brock brings Kira to the hospital, where they're joined by Kira's mother, Tanya. I was very worried because she's not prone to passing out. The emergency room doctor did some lab work on her, and they discovered that she had a urinary tract infection. A urinary tract infection, or UTI, happens when bacteria infect the urethra and bladder. Typical symptoms include fever and a burning sensation while urinating. But in some, a UTI can cause sudden mental changes, delirium, and dizziness. Once we found out that she had the UTI, everything seemed to fall into place, and we all felt that, that she was, was going to be okay. Kira is prescribed a course of antibiotics and sent home. Then later on, while Kira rests upstairs, Brock relaxes on the couch, but the evening soon takes a dark turn. 20 minutes after she laid down, she came out to the living room and she started talking about demons that were coming to get her. I go, Kira, there's nothing there. She goes, yes, there is, he's right there. At that point, I was thinking she's hallucinating. She's shouting at me, like shouting and physically grabbing me, like, we have to do what this demon says or he's going to kill me. I'm terrified. And she's never had a hallucination as far as I've known her. What is going on with my fiance? Brock believes Kira is in desperate need of medical attention, so they call the paramedics. Then Brock dials Tanya and asks her to rush over as well. I go, Tanya, it's not a UTI, but there is something seriously wrong with her. After suffering through terrifying hallucinations, Kira Hartley is taken to the emergency room by the paramedics. Her mother, Tanya, insists on riding along in the ambulance. Was just hoping that once they got her to the hospital, they could figure out what was causing her to be this way. By the time they reach the ER, Kira's condition has gotten worse. All of a sudden, she's having a seizure. It seemed to happen like a flip of a switch. Her whole body was shaking. Her lips had started to turn blue, so we knew that she had quit breathing. Tanya watches in horror as the medical staff rushes her daughter into the intensive care unit. I was a total and complete nervous wreck. That's when I really, really knew we had some something medically going on that we needed to get figured out and figured out quick. Inside the ICU, doctors stabilize Kira by placing her in a medically induced coma. They suspect that her erratic behavior and seizures could point to a neurological problem. They were kind of concerned about a possibility of a tumor in the brain area that could be causing her to act this way. To investigate, doctors perform an MRI, which reveals a case of encephalitis, an inflammation of the brain caused by bacteria, viruses, parasites, or even fungus. The condition can lead to seizures, hallucinations, 
and can ultimately result in death. But when doctors test Kira's blood for common triggers of encephalitis, the results are inconclusive. The most frightening part of it was we didn't know what was wrong with her. I was worried that they did not find anything. I felt that we could lose her. She could have died if we didn't get this taken care of. With no obvious diagnosis, Kira's case is turned over to the hospital's attending neurologist, Dr. Graham Huseman. We had to get rid of the source of the swelling and the irritation and the seizures. If that isn't controlled, it can actually damage the brain permanently. Dr. Huseman pours over Kira's test results and notices something intriguing. The swelling is greatly affecting one specific area of Kira's brain, the limbic system. It's the emotional part of the brain, the parts that allows us to feel anxiety or fear or sort of those base emotions. For Dr. Huseman, inflammation in this region is a telltale sign of a problem in a different part of the body. I've seen it before. Limbic encephalitis is often associated with cancers in the lungs or in the abdominal cavity or in the pelvis. Dr. Huseman performs an upper body CAT scan to look for tumors and is stunned by what he finds. I was very surprised at how big it was. It was the largest I'd ever seen. Neurologist Dr. Graham Huseman has just performed a CAT scan on his patient Kira Hartley and found a problem far bigger than anything he's ever encountered. There's this big complex mass on the right ovary. It was about a foot by a half of a foot. And it had multiple different textures and densities in it that was con most consistent with a teratoma. A teratoma is a tumor that contains cells from other parts of the body, like skin, hair, teeth, and even eyes. The one inside Kira is about the size of an NFL football and is partially composed of brain tissue. Her immune system produces antibodies to attack the mutant neurons, but they also assault her own brain, resulting in Kira's bizarre behavior and seizures. Brock and Tanya are shocked to learn that Kira's body has been invaded by something so monstrous. I couldn't help but wonder, how do you get something this big into you? Ovarian teratomas can expand by more than half an inch per year. Most are discovered before they get too big. But if left unchecked, they can become so massive that they damage the surrounding organs. One of the largest ovarian teratomas ever reported was about the size of a basketball and weighed more than five pounds. Later that day, Kira is rushed into surgery to remove the teratoma. Doctors make an incision in her abdomen and extract the massive growth. When they open the tumor up, it reveals a nightmarish jumble of body parts. It had hair. There were small collections of bone. There was esophageal tissue, tracheal tissue, and then there were nervous tissue. 
After the surgery, doctors are forced to keep Kira sedated because of lingering encephalitis. The inflammation from the antibodies attacking her brain was still there. So we had to get the swelling down in her brain and get the seizures under control. Kira is given powerful drugs to suppress her immune system. Then, after a month of treatment, she finally opens her eyes. Right after I woke up, I remember I was grateful for my mom and Brock. You could tell by her facial expressions that she was glad that we were there. She was very happy when she finally came to. I mean, even though she couldn't quite communicate with us yet, the fact that she was coming around, we all took that as like a, collectively as a good sign. Teratomas account for about a quarter of all ovarian tumors. Doctors aren't sure what causes them to form, but some believe it's related to the increase in hormones during puberty. Today, Kira is still working to regain her strength and short-term memory. I try to do my exercises. I have weights. They said they want me to do more cooking. I tried, they said to look a recipe up a day and try it out. And I said, okay. But despite her ordeal, she's looking forward to the future. I'm excited about my wedding. I cannot wait. Our relationship's gotten a lot stronger. That bond's gotten a lot stronger since she's been home and recovered. She's a very strong and very determined person. She can overcome just about anything that's thrown at her. Ovarian teratomas are some of the most common tumors among young women. But since nearly two-thirds of ovarian teratomas produce no symptoms, most are only discovered during unrelated exams. Once found, the tumors should be monitored closely. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>